Welcome to Healthcare Callings, the podcast where we call healthcare workers from around the world to learn about the story and the field they work in. My name is Austin Thompson. I'm a registered nurse, currently working in the emergency department, and I'm a huge advocate for exploring all of the opportunities that healthcare can provide. Today I'm joined by two guests to talk about community health resources, advocacy, and mental health. Here with me is Mrs. Janice Sewell, a licensed professional counselor, and Ms. Sheila Nared a social worker and the coordinator of the Trauma Recovery Center at the Seven Hills Neighborhood House in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hello. Hello, everybody. So can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about um, your title and your licenses? Yes. My name is Janice Sewell. Uh, I am a licensed professional counselor with the Seven Hills Neighborhood House and also an advocate. Thank you. Nice to have you here. Thank you. And my name is Sheila, and I'm a licensed social worker and a CDCA, a chemical dependency counselor assistance and an advocate. Thank you and welcome. So, Mrs. Sewell, can you tell us a little bit about your work with the Trauma Center and what it means to be a licensed professional counselor? Uh, My work with the Seven Hills Hills Neighborhood Houses and the Trauma Center there, Uh, being a mental health counselor, uh, when I did graduate as mental health counselor, uh, and it's actually to help uh, individuals cope with emotional, mental, and sometimes their dependency disorders. Uh, I develop service plans, known as treatment plans, conduct reviews throughout the uh, duration of the treatment, provide mental assessments and counseling, referrals, and interventions to other services, uh, do individual counseling, group counseling family counseling. So yeah. And I've been with Seven Hills for at least, I think since 2017 as a counselor there. So we work with victims of crime and some of those individuals are referred over for counseling and other, you know, services that they need. And then I am the one that does the counseling with them. Thank you. And and Mrs. Nared, so your background is a little bit different. I believe you're a a social worker. So could you tell me a little bit about that and your work with the Neighborhood House and then also kind of expand on what other services are provided at the Neighborhood House? I'm here to assist people, our services, to ensure victims are not alone. I give victims a voice to help them be in control of their future, connect individuals, mostly individuals that are living in undeserved populations. And what I do here at the Seven Hills Neighborhood House is assist with um, connecting, be, bridging the gap between individuals and it, different issues that they have been going through by having group sessions, um, therapy sessions, assessments, one-on-one. Um, we do creative activities. We do drumming through music. Um, we do um, interventions, crisis interventions, trauma-informed care. Uh, we um, touch base on the AOD, the alcohol and other drugs. Um, we connect with other organizations in the community to build partnerships because sometimes there's other missing pieces that we don't do here. So we're just here to um, enable individuals to identify their strengths and I help them to utilize their coping skills, sustain a new purpose in life, and just be able to face those issues that come up um, based on different situations and circumstances. We also here at Seven Hills have a victim of crime um, program. We have a sister link program. We have a bread store here, uh, a food pantry. We have athletic program, boxing. We have skating. Um, 
we, we, we support the CPS school right now at this time. We're supporting them for the mothers that work and those kids that, you know, are on those computers and things and need that extra, you know, supervision. We were housing those individuals on a, um, throughout the week as well. We do a lot, but it all go hand in hand because you can't just specifically target one issue because mostly issues connect to each other. So we try to bridge that gap. Absolutely. I remember... I briefly did a little work down in the West End community that you serve, and uh, there was so many organizations working and trying to, you know, provide services in that organization component and making sure everybody was talking together was uh, a huge part of the conversations we had with the different groups. So, Ms. Nared, can you tell me a little bit about what a social worker is and how a social worker is educated and becomes you know, certified or licensed? Well, I became educated by going to college and get my associate's degree first. And then I went on, that's since 97, I received my associate's. Then I went to Mount St. Joseph and received my bachelor's. Then was able to take my licensure and get certified in, um, as a social worker. Basically, uh, what well, our main priority is people's safety and being able to connect them and um, their well-being and, and enhancing their quality of life. We want to be able to allow individuals to be elevated through our services. What I am a, pretty much as a navigator and connecting people to resources, the needed resources to address the various issues that they may have. And this is on an individual basis because no case is the same. A typical day is very adventurous. Every day is adventurous. Nothing, although each day is different. I usually start my day with my paperwork, uh, responding to voicemails, prioritize my time according to like the urgency, like um, the need of the situation. Another thing that's unique about my job, it was not like you behind the desk from nine to five. It's the setting varies. You, you know, you might be in the middle of a client and a crisis may come. You have to make sure that crisis is um, addressed as well as the client is addressed properly. Um we have to review safety plans with the client to increase suicidal ideations. Um, like I might be at a home visit one day. Um, I might be have to deal with a client that just got released from jail. You know, just being that connector and that resource for an individual in the midst of the moment, because who plans for something traumatic to happen? You know what I'm saying? So it's that being prepared. Um, and with the population that I work with, it's not uncommon to have like some cancellations and it gave me opportunity to be able to catch up with some work that I didn't have. So every day is different for me, but basically I'm here to um, help individuals recognize and realize different issues and circumstances that may come about in ways to navigate and get that resilience, be able to bounce back, get them a sense of hope and healing and be able to navigate through their issues with the support of a social work and an advocate. And it's just not the social work alone. It takes a whole team of us to be able to address the issues with individuals. So it's a team effort. And it's just being that guide, being that support, that listening ear, just simply um, smiling at someone. It's, it's just so many ways to uplift and elevate a person. So as a social worker, I'm just here to support because everything is ever changing. No no cases alike. Just being that, that resource to try to help someone recap they regain their life or connect to a life they never had and be able to bounce back and live a quality of life thank you yeah it, i mean it's so important i just love hearing all the work that you do I, I think it's really hard for people to to recognize what kind of resources are out there and to find a place where they feel like they can reach out and i know that you and the team there 
offer, you know, one, a physical location, but also like an emotional location and, and place for them to come and, and seek assistance when needed. So Mrs. Sewell, so you're a licensed professional counselor. So a little bit of a different uh, certification or licensure than a social worker. So could you speak a little bit about the education or licensure requirements for your role and then how you got into it? Yes. Uh, with the counseling piece, been a licensed professional counselor, uh, four years of college. So I had to get a master's degree. The study was like on human development and mental illnesses. So I did four years of that at Lindsay Wilson College, uh, accredited, accredited school. I put that plug in there. Then after I graduated, I had to go take a test with the State of Ohio Counselor, Social Worker, Marriage and Family Therapist Board and pass the test to be able to get my license. And so that took place in 2017. Congratulations. Thank you. So how, what is the typical role or responsibilities of a, a licensed professional counselor and how might that differ from um, social work or perhaps like a therapist or other roles that somebody might be familiar with okay kind of kind of like uh some of the things i think i know that Sheila and i do uh, you know as a social worker we do some of the same things uh but with that uh as i said earlier develop the treatment plans provide the mental health assessments also i can diagnose you know the disorder counselors can diagnose the disorder uh and then go from there with the client, just, you know, trying to uh, empower them, trying to teach them coping skills to be able to uh, maintain a daily function. Sometimes they don't, uh, as I tell some of my clients now, especially like with PTSD, it may not go away, post-traumatic stress disorder, but the thing is being able to cope with it, to be able to, uh, you know, have a functional day, daily life. So that's the key there. It's like some things won't go away traumatic experience that happened to people, I think it kind of stays in the back of your mind. And I can speak from experience on that. It, it doesn't go away, but I learned how to cope through the day with it. And that's the key. There's just teaching them how to cope, teaching them how to maintain, you know, uh, a functional life. That's so awesome to hear. So, I mean, I work in the emergency department uh, in Cincinnati and people coming in are often traumatized by whatever they've experienced that's landed them there. And you know, as it's it's so important that they are able to find resources to, to help deal with that trauma or address other, you know, issues in their life, find resources, find somebody to talk to and help them kind of deal and cope. And, you know, as a, a clinical medicine, th that's something that we don't always offer. So it's it's so important that there's resources out in the community for people to, to reach out to. How did you come to be at Seven Hills Neighborhood House? Sheila, if you want to start. Well, for me, I started here as an intern. <laughs> I was an intern and I was here basically doing my little internship, doing bread. I was at Mount St. Joseph at the time doing an intern and um, I was asked what I like to be an employee here, which was very honorable and I was excited about it. And I started out um, being a victim of crime advocacy and as, I, as we grew uh, in the Victim of Crime Advocacy Department, uh, Mike DeWine at the time, he was the governor and he um, wanted to start some trauma centers. So he said he need, they needed to find five trauma centers in Ohio and they were going to be in hospitals. But he spoke with us and we were doing some great work down here because we're a community-based organization. And we were the only community-based organization selected and was funded for the first time to run a trauma center. So we're like on the grounds, boots on the ground. Um, 
and it was an honor. And it, so they asked me would I coordinate the program. So that's how I became the trauma coordinator. But I started here as an internship in the beginning. And Mrs. Sewell, how about yourself? So it sounds like you graduated just a few years ago. Yes. And I had connection with Seven Hills prior to that. In 2014, I had taken a leadership development course and we had to go somewhere and we had to come up with a program and then we had to implement it in a um, in a place. And so we used the Seven Hills neighborhood houses. They had uh, kids in there back then. And so, and we still have kids now, but it was more children. And so we, I plan, we work with the kids there. So I started out working with the kids there, volunteering, doing a leadership development course that we had at our church. Uh, then in 2017, once I graduated, this is all led by the Lord. I'll tell you that there. Uh, when I graduated and I had uh, was just getting ready, had signed up to take the test and uh, was speaking with Miss Alexis. And she told me that she was in need of a counselor. And so I said, OK, I'll pray about it. And then so I said, but I got to go, you know, take this test at the board to see if I pass it first before I even, you know, like that. And so after that, you know, once I passed the test, I prayed about it and uh, Lexus and I got together and voila, I'm still here. Well, I'm glad it worked out. sounds like you're doing good work over there. And I wanted to add to that as far as Alexis is concerned. She is so, uh, the same thing happened with me. Like I was in school and she, and I graduated and she was, everything just kind of lined up and it was just happened and it was like come on as soon as I graduated took my lecture it was like yeah come on we gonna do this so it's like it's a real it's a real team here it's a real great organization to work for so what are some other professionals that that work with you or alongside you at Seven Hills Neighborhood House that um, provide you know similar services or are part of your team well we have a, uh, we have advocates here and they are trauma-informed care trained you know what I'm saying? They have various certifications and trainings to do the work that they do because they are the ones that do like most of that initial intake and refer them to Janice and myself. So they are real professional. Uh, they've been in, um, trained with the LGBTQ crisis crisis response, various trainings through NOVA, um, Stop the Bleed, um, Date Rape, um, different types of things under uh, violence. Um, the, uh, also the, um, I can't think of it, Marcy's Law. They are very um, trained in, um, in different areas to be able to communicate with clients and uh, allow to address them in a manner to get them to us. And they also do some one-on-ones with them too, but they are really good with first having that first connection with the in- individuals and getting some of the pieces together, which really helps me, I'm sure, Janice as well, to really bring it together. You know what I'm saying? So, and they real good with resources and things of that. They interact a lot with other organizations and um, seek out help for the individuals that they may need to connect with them as far as bridging the gap to, to other organizations that are outside of here. Because like Janice was saying and myself, we kind of get the plan together. We kind of get the plan of action and try to have them more um, capable to address their trauma, their mental illness, their addictions and things of that nature. So we kind of do the inside piece. And I, I, I want to say like with the body and the brain, teaching them ways to think and they kind of more resourceful, you know what I'm saying? And out there um, connecting them with other sources, making sure they get their basic needs met, getting their food bags together, you know, being that shoulder and that first sight that they see when they came in. So we have a, a real um, team of professionals. And like I said, most of the time, if an individual goes through some trauma, 
Of course, they may see me. They may need a touch of cancel and they go to Miss Janice. They may they need some food. So they see our advocates and get some food. They may need a ride, some help getting their birth certificates and things of that nature, connecting with um, starting their food stamps back up. So we have some real um, other team members that play vital roles in this as well. Yeah, I think that's that's such a key point. Uh, you know, you can't just treat one part of a person and expect it to fix everything. If somebody's not eating or they're not able to get to their appointments, they're going to have a really hard time, you know, focusing on on getting better and taking care of their mental health or getting to their doctor's appointments or getting their medications or, or whatever it is they need. So having that that full range of services and an advocate and somebody to to support you is, is so critical to good health outcomes. And one other thing I wanted to add to that that's so unique about the work that we do and where we're located, we, we're fortunate enough to have some of our staff that actually stay in the community. You know, with that grassroots pieces, they, they real connectors because they actually stay in the area where most of the um, victimization and stuff and things of that nature go. So they, they had a special connection also. That's so good to hear. Uh, you know, you guys are really embedded into the community, and I've always found that 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 helps you you have better outcomes. You know, you can really connect with the people and the culture and the communities that already exist around there. Miss Sheila, if you wanted to go first, what what would one piece of advice be that you would give somebody who's really interested in getting into social work or learning more about the field and the work you do, whether it be in trauma or community health or anything like that? I would say one thing, you you not that you have just have such a great passion. You got to want to be have some patience and be wanting to um, change some lives. You know what I'm saying? And not be biased. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And be ready for an adventure, of course. And it's and it's like um, it's ongoing work. You know what I'm saying? And, and you got to be for me, you got to have a desire to hope, to have hope and uh, believe in individuals, have patience with individuals, have an open mind and uh, be able to understand that things happen and don't worry about why it happened. Just be prepared to support and assist individuals. As far as being a social worker, just, um, I think it's just ongoing and it's a wide variety. You, social work is wide. You can, social work plays a lot of roles in different areas. So you can change it up. You know what I'm saying? But one thing I will say, if you do get into this work, I always know that self-care is going to be needed. You got to have some self-care. And you can't do this work alone. You need a team behind you. But it's very rewarding. It's very rewarding. And um, I wouldn't change what I do for nothing. I, I really enjoy it, what I'm doing. And just, you know, you're going to be there, be there for someone. Just have a passion for the work that you do. Do you have any good resources where somebody else uh, might be able to go to get more information about the work requirements or the education requirements or anything like that? Well, of course, you need to have a high school diploma. And you can, I, I recommend you go to an accredited college. And you can also do some volunteering at, at, at places first before you get into it to see if it's really what you want to do. Because, you know, that's what anything, the job description and being a certain thing may have this description, but it's more to it than that. So I would, I would advise someone to um, volunteer some places. You know what I'm saying? Read up on some stories, that's, um, case studies that in, uh, individuals are going through and give yourself an opportunity to um, kind of step in the, put your feet in the water a little bit and make sure that's what you want to do. But if you do decide to be do social work, 
there's so many layers to social work. You know what I'm saying? You could be a mental health social work. You could be a social work in a hospital. You can be a social work in, in so many different arrays of um, arenas. So you'll find your niche. If you want to be a social worker, just go for it. <laughs> and don't be scared to take that test. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, I think we have two social workers in the emergency department and they are so invaluable and it's a totally different environment. But what's your favorite part of your job? Out of everything you do, what's the one thing you look forward to the most? What I look forward to the most, I don't look forward to a person to come down here with their head down in this. I look forward to seeing change in, my, in the individuals that I work to. I look forward to seeing that never smiling smile. You know, someone is just that mean, just down or just bitter, sad, hurt person. Smile. Hold their head up and smile. That makes my day. Just, just if I can get a smile out of you that I couldn't, I never saw the day I met you. I'm, that makes me happy just to get that smile. You know what I'm saying? Um, just to see somebody show up after they've been through so much. If they just show up and don't even smile, that means a lot to me. Because in this type of work, one thing about it, we I don't have the answers and I can't save or cure nobody. And if you don't show up, there's not to say no hope. But if you don't show up for me or somebody and let your voice be heard, you get stuck where you at. It's good that you are always there and available for them. Miss Sewell, I was going to say, same questions for you. If you had a piece of advice that you could give somebody interested in counseling or becoming a licensed professional counselor, what, what would that be for them? So I would say if that's your passion to go for it, I started with Cincinnati State because they had a school in there. Lindsay Wilson is like um, got a stationary school in there, uh, a satellite school in there at, uh, at the Cincinnati State. The program was like uh, on the weekends, which worked for my busy lifestyle. I was able to work as well as go to school on the weekend. So that was a great fit for me there. Uh, also, if you want to be a counselor, one thing Sheila did says is like having the passion. I think that's very important. I often heard whenever you go on and, and have a love to serve people, because I think uh when you go into a field like a social worker or a counselor, I often hear it. If you're going for the money, then don't go. You know, that's what has been told to me. And I found that to be true. You really have to go because you really have a love to see the see, want to see people change. You know, I think being genuine, being non-judgmental, you know, uh, is going to be very important. And as Sheila said, having patience, having patience with your clients. I think that's very important as well. One thing I, uh, I do think, that I like to see with people when they come to the door or, you know, with the clients is that when I see them making the, the, the changes of life, you know, there's a stage of change, they call them. But when they get to that maintaining stage to where they're really living out there daily, they're, they, they're able to cope, they're able to live. They, they are taking the tools that they learn and they're implementing them in their lifestyle. You know, like Sheila said, we can't change them and we can't save them. But if they begin to do the work themselves, and that's, you know, and that's what I tell them, you know, I'm just here to help you. You have to do the work. So they have to do the work. So when they do the work and they really ready to implement those tools, there's change in their lives. And even if they relapse, if they come back, that's okay too. You know, know that that's okay. It might happen. But the thing is that the, the, the goal is that when they first walk in the door, like Sheila said, that's carriage. You know, they won't change. When they show up, they said, I won't change. I want something. And uh, learn. And the other piece I was going to share that I forgot, Austin, was that I think it's educating them on what they're going through. 
sometimes those traumatic experiences, you know, the emotions that shows up, if they don't have an understanding that that's understandable, you know, okay, yeah, that 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 goes with that piece there. Yeah, you might have got stuck, you know, that's okay. You know, that's a normal response to what may have happened to you. So just giving, educating our clients, I think that's a big piece of it as well. Yeah, the education key is so important. I mean, even in the emergency room, I always tell people the, the best part of my day is not seeing you come back. Um, so if somebody comes in because they, they made a mistake managing their diabetes, if I can provide them that education that keeps them out of the emergency department, that's great. You know, I'm always like, no offense, but I really don't want to see you again. Like if, if we can learn from this and move on and you can, I guess maintenance is a really key word there. That's great. Like if you can, if you can maintain this on your own, perfect. That's where we want you. I wanted to also share with you how we could to make sure we connect. And I just want to let you know, we do have that trauma center coming down the street. We got that building and we got funds from the city and the state. So it will be getting renovated. So we will be relocating down the street and we're going to have a safe haven there. So we want to make sure we stay connected with you so that you can see how that works out. And we hopefully be working with those hospitals better and having those beds for individuals while they're waiting to get in shelters once they have that surgery. Because, you know, we get calls from the hospitals all the time. Well, Mary was here. She had surgery Monday. She got out Wednesday. She's back Friday. Of course, she didn't have nowhere to go. We want to be that place where they can stay while they're waiting to get in uh, addiction treatments, while they're waiting to get into shelters and things of that nature. So we're really looking forward to starting to get that renovated in place. So make sure we stay connected so we can have you there. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. How? Where can we uh, find updates on that? Well, we'll start the renovation. I'm not sure exactly when it'll start, but I have your email and stuff. So I'll keep you in the loop of how things are moving. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll put in some information about your website in case anybody wants to follow up on the, the news. Okay. So it's joke time. Sheila, do you have a, a joke? <laughs> I don't think I have a joke. I got a quote sometimes. <laughs> Forrest, I got a Forrest Gump uh, quote. Um, Life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. That's how the day is for me being a social worker. <laughs> I, I believe it, you know. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we before we go for the day? I would just like to say thank you for allowing us this opportunity. We I really appreciate that. Uh, I remember at the health fair when I met you and we talked briefly and you asked about the trauma center. I just appreciate you and I ask that you share with individuals that we are here. Please feel free to send them our way and let them know about the work we're doing. And thank you and we'll keep in touch. And thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. It's my it's my pleasure and honor. And I was going to say thank you as well. We do appreciate you um, even considering to do a podcast on the Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses and the Trauma Team. So we really give a shout out to you. Thank you, Austin. Thank you. Healthcare Callings is an AA career prep production hosted by Austin Thompson and edited by Andrea Edmond. You can follow Healthcare Callings on Instagram at Healthcare Callings Pod or on Twitter at Health Callings. For any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at austin at aacareerprep.com. 